All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Price Picks, Mind Bloom, and Groove Life. So, oh, I got to start it off by talking about my Elon Musk. Oh, Elon. Yes, Elon. So, yesterday, no, actually, yeah, yesterday, but this morning, I popped on to do a little bit of uh, reading, I guess, to see what was going on inside of Ukraine. And, of course, you, Elon was actually trending with what was the hot topic, I guess. So, this is coming from a, a gentleman over at CNN. Actually, I don't know if he is directly from, but it's apparently one of his quote-unquote sources was. And I, guess, you know what? I'll pull it up here on screen so you guys can see it. This gentleman right here, his name is Mario Nafal. Nafal. I don't know if that's how you said his name, but he said this. Elon Musk covertly instructed his engineers to deactivate Starlink's satellite communications network during a major counteroffensive, the Ukrainian one, uh, here recently. So... I don't, I don't know. He, he said that this action was taken intentionally to thwart a surprise attack by Ukraine against the Russian naval fleet. The Ukrainian, uh, excuse me, the Ukrainian submarine drones armed with explosives mysteriously lost connection as they advanced towards the Russian warships. Now, I'm, I'm bringing this up because it kind of rolls into something else that Elon Musk did reply to this guy. And community notes, of course, hit him. But they now know, this is what he said, they now know. Excuse me, now we know that Musk intentionally deactivated Starlink. Ukrainian officials pleaded for a reactivation of the satellites. However, Musk was concerned the attack could trigger a nuclear response from Russia. I'm going to ask you real quick. Do you believe that to be the case? If Musk gave them the ability to do it, would Russia look at him and be like, yo, this random business guy that owns Starlink and owns pretty much everything that has to do with it, he is the reason why we're going to war. It's him. It's his fault, not the U.S. government's. Uh, would that give them the ability to start a nuclear war because of a guy that says, you know what, I own the satellite company, flip them on. For the Where Ukraine. were the ships at when they were getting targeted? I, I would assume inside the Sea of Azaz, correct? If they're in international waters and he goes and does it, maybe. Okay, well, you this know, guy... Maybe. I'm just, I, don't, I don't really... To me, I don't, I don't look at it like, okay, so Elon Musk flipped on the switch for the Ukrainian government. It's gonna, let's, let's go to nuclear war with, with America. That's that doesn't really seem. I mean, we're talking about business, country, two separate things. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see how that could. I could intentionally start a nuclear war whatsoever. Because it's the U.S. Just like we sit there and we complain about like Russian oligarchs and everything that they're into and the, everything that they fund. You can also look at that the same way and say that well, Elon Musk is an American. He provided Starlink to go up over top of him. The United States government has been known to go into businesses in the past and use them for government means. Like a lot of people know this. Like yeah, but I mean, they how, how many recruits out of like businesses because they have access and placement into like numerous. But numerous is that things. going to start a nuclear war? Yeah, very well could. Yeah, do you really believe so? I don't know. If yeah, I, do. I think it actually could. Yeah, yeah, I think it absolutely could, especially if it was like you know a loss of a major ship, you know, or a couple major freaking ships in the Russians' fleet. Yeah, absolutely. If the U.S. was directly responsible for that, yeah. Well, but at the same time, I mean, we're also providing. Billions of dollars worth of ammunition, tanks, aircraft. Why now, would yeah, like, why, why wouldn't that start the nuclear war? Yeah, you would think that would do it, like, right? Why, but why this was a different start? time, so like things have progressed. You know, when you look at like militaries and what they're what they're doing and how like world wars actually start, it doesn't start off with just boom, world war. It all starts off in little things, and then it just progresses and progresses and progresses, which is what we're currently seeing going on in this conflict. We're seeing a, a you know, a Crimea being invaded back in what 2014. East being kind of like cut and separated away. And then all of a sudden Russia invades and Ukraine's kind of duking it out with Russia. And now we have like the EU that's responding and getting in deep with it. So at the beginning of that stage, it's very well possible while everybody's got all these hostilities going on. Cause I said it occurred what last year. Well, yeah, this is when the, um, 
they were trying to push down and they were trying to target the action. Because I'll, I'll go on and say it right here. So this, this is coming from Elon Musk. So Elon Musk actually responded to the same gentleman. There was an emergency request from the government authorities to activate Starlink all the way down to this festival. So all the way down yeah. to that area. Now, he said the obvious intent, this is Elon Musk saying this, the obvious intent being to sink the most, or excuse me, to sink most of the Russian fleet at anchor. So they were anchored down there. And they were trying, they had, they're, like, they're like, okay, we've got a prime opportunity here to sink them. All so these we, ships. All these ships. Kick on Starlink. Yeah. Kick it on. Yeah. Me being in his point, I'd be like, send it. That's what, I mean, that's just me, though. I would have 100% yeah, Of course you would it. do that. I would do that. I would say send it. Get after it. You need to do it. Right. But he did say this, too, uh, just after that. If I had agreed to the request, then SpaceX would be explicitly complicit in a major act of war and conflict escalation. That's 100% that accurate, That is though. actually accurate. But I don't believe that would do anything with getting us into World War Three or getting hit with nukes. It is I a possibility, though. Rewind the clock and look at what Russia was doing at the time. I just you don't know, see it doesn't it. give a specific date for when it actually occurred. But if you rewind the clock and everything that was going on with like the Russians invading Ukraine and the type of stuff that they're throwing at it. Yeah, I remember when we were initially reporting on this, we were worried about Russia using tactical nukes in certain areas of Ukraine. Right? No, like I know, it's I know. not outside the realm of possibilities. Times, yeah. I think the, the term tactical nuke is thrown around too much. I don't even think uh, it's, it's not a real thing. A nuke is a nuke. There's no like no tactical aspect of a nuke. Well, it's, it's just a, a smaller nuke. area of destruction. It's, you're you're it's spreading nuclear radiation, but you have a smaller area of destruction that's it's actually taking place. It's a, yeah, nuke. it's a nuke. Right. And so that's probably more or less what he's worried about yeah. and talking about is nuclear warfare. He doesn't think that they're just going to, you know, send out the largest bomb that they have. They're not going to take the, like, uh, what, what the hell was it? Like the Tsar bomb and drop it, it in the middle Sarmat? of Kiev. Sarmat. Is that their big one? Uh, which either. one, the the double bomb or Satan? No, the, no, Saramat. Isn't that the big one? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's, it's that's nicknames that's like the Satan munition or whatever. Oh, it's wow. a, yeah. But either way, I don't think they would launch that, I think. But once a nuke is opened up into a conflict, that's a whole other ballgame. Causes a lot of different problems. Yeah. Causes a lot of different problems. I mean, Japan's came back pretty strong. <sighs> Did they? I mean, not, not during the 40s, but they came back. They're strong now. Yeah, they came back a little bit. They just They were crazy. They shouldn't have been trying to fly planes into our stuff. Just gonna throw it out there. No, and that's and when you look at that history, was a that's different time when you, well. When you look at history, that's the problem, you know. And it wasn't that like the U.S. wasn't supporting that like war in any way either at the time. We were doing our best, just like we are in this conflict, of trying to stay out of it. Stay out of it. Yeah. I mean, same thing in World War One. We tried to stay out. World War Two. We tried to stay out. Vietnam. We tried to stay out. And it did nothing but draw us back in. And we're making the same mistake here in this conflict, where we're attempting to stay out, and eventually going to get sucked God, back I've in. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Then when you put it like that, because a lot of people are like, oh, the Americans are cowards in World War II. You didn't enter. But like, no, we were we were giving munitions. We were giving y'all some stuff, but we were, didn't go full balls deep. We waited until we were forced. Until we were forced over there. Literally, our hand was forced to enter the conflict that I dearly know way too much right. about. And the same, really if you look at the same that. talks, like of what was taking place back then in World War II versus what's taking place now, you know, we were looking at that saying, hey, that's Europe's problem. That's not an American problem. That is so factual. I remember seeing... I remember there's signs. I know you guys have seen them of, of people protesting back in the 40s saying Hitler hasn't attacked us. Stay out of the war. Mm-hmm. What has Hitler done to us? And I'm like thinking you look back on it now. Those same people have been holding up the signs nowadays compared to like those times. Same stuff. You're like, well, I mean, those are people they didn't realize at the time. Because, I mean, we're talking about like early 40s. No one really knew about the concentration camps and so on and so forth. Like, right. I mean, they 
clearly they we would have video, if that was happening today we would have videos we would know it. about it yeah. but back then they didn't have the capability of that stuff being mass spread right. i mean we're talking about they're probably still flying which by the way doves if you, around and stuff which by the way if you want to put your tinfoil hat on for a sec that's exactly why i think the u.s government wants to ban tiktok not a joke it has nothing to do with like china and china gathering information like really like the amount of information that like grocery stores and websites that we give oh, away on a daily basis is out of control. Here we go. No, no, no. You know what? I'm here just going to no, touch on this and then we're going to move back into Ukraine. No, I kind of like it. Touch on it. No. I wanted you to hit on it. Yeah. So that, that you asked me like last month, you asked me last month, hey man, have you seen that, that video about the Richmond, north of Richmond? And I was like, no, I don't care. I don't, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't give two shits. I don't care. And then I was driving home and I, turned it on and I shouldn't have done it, but dang it, I did it. Cause then I went down the rabbit hole. That guy last month, or I'm sorry, back in July, cause now we're in September, back in July, he's nobody, nobody knew who he was, right? Drops that video on TikTok and on uh, Twitter and Twitter, YouTube and, everything. And, and then he goes and he records it and he uploads it to Apple music. And because his video went viral across those platforms, he is the number one selling artist on Apple music right now. Number one seller. On Apple Music, nobody know knew, nobody know who he was, and I think that is what the United States government is so scared of, and it has nothing to do with the brain rotting material. Like, yeah, I get that, but how much do like people watching this show are probably rotting their brains right now, being like, "Why is Matt talking?" Right? But I think that that's the deal. That it's such a powerful platform that we do have the ability to spread information as quick as we want. Thus, we're not being censored. Have you? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos of like mainstream media all saying the same stuff, and it just zooms out and zooms out to like a thousand people saying the same thing. That's what they're worried about. I think that's what their concern is. Freedom of speech. So that that's your tinfoil hat moment right there. That's my libertarian tinfoil hat. Okay, well, I actually didn't get to finish what Elon had stated at the very end of it all. Yeah, well, and this, my bad. This, this is actually what got people really riled up. Get him. So it wasn't it wasn't what he was talking about, like the, he didn't activate them and going after the, the, the well, that wasn't it. He stated this, and it really kind of took off like a little bit of a wildfire. And I actually keep seeing as I'm looking here, I mean, the comments are still going up. He's got 5,200. Look, now it's almost 5,300 comments. Both sides should should agree to a truce. Every day that passes, more Ukrainian and Russian youth die to gain and to lose a small pieces of land. The borders barely change. This is not worth their lives. Now, how much do you agree in that? I... I'm going to ask you because you just put your tinfoil hat on there for a second. I want you to, how about that one? Do you, I'll reread it again for you. Just, just think. Yeah, just I'll put my, it. you know what? Yeah, just read it again. And wanna, give me a second to, to process yeah, what I'm about to say because I'm about to say something that some people might find. Okay. Invig- yeah. I'm going to switch the camera to you so you can look at your face as you're, okay. you're contemplating like both sides should agree to a truce. Yep. Every day that Listen. passes, more Ukrainian and Russian youth die to gain and lose small pieces of land. With borders barely changing, this is not worth their lives. Do you agree? With Elon Musk in this statement, and after what he just had stated a second ago, what side? I get it. He, Elon is probably on the side of, hey, I don't want to deal with war. He's he, taking Trump's stance. He I is. just want people to stop dying. That's what yeah. I, I think that's what he's going with here to a certain extent. Now, if you look at what he's, he, if he was on, I, if he was on the Ukrainian side of thing, like I am clearly apparently. Let me tell you why he's wrong. We'll stop. I'll just okay. stop you right there. Let me tell you why he's wrong. Like in a nutshell, it's like communism. It sounds great, right? Like, hey, you just work and you're going to have a wonderful life. The government's going to provide what you need. Everybody's going to pitch in. Common good, right? Like that's that's kind of what it looks like. And that's kind of the same stance that he's taking when it comes to, well, hey, let's just strike a peace deal so people stop dying, right? Let's, let's just cut it off. And, and saying that, you're not understanding the actual situation that's on the ground, right? Russia is opposed to 
and has launched this invasion on Ukraine because it dates all the way back to the 90s when NATO said it's not going to expand its territory any further. On the flip side, Ukraine's pissed because Ukraine, in their minds, and I would tend to agree with them, really didn't do anything to provoke Russia. You had the little green men that invaded Crimea back in 2014, which now we know 100% was Russian, while Russia stood back and denied it for a while. And then we saw Russian Spetsnaz go in. And so what Ukraine's looking at is Ukraine's going, well, look, we didn't do shit to you guys, and you invaded our country anyway. So if we give you this ground, if we strike a peace, we'll give you this ground. What's to stop you from doing it again and again and again and again? So doing that, it's not going to stop. It's just going to keep going, understanding those two mind frames. Ukraine's not going to be happy, and eventually it's just going to spark something off that's bigger and worse. It's going to happen. Even if you had momentary peace, it's going to happen. Fact. People on the inside, let's say, that are east of the current border or south of the current border, right, in Russian-occupied territory right now, those people are going to rise up like we've already seen, and it's going to make it even worse. And then Russia's going to start committing genocide. I've got a video later on in this one that talks about what Wagner troops did um, in one instance where this guy is like pleading, being like, I got told to kill all these people in this one building, one building, like 40 people alone. What do you think Russia is going to do if Ukraine gives them that territory? They're going to start targeting those people and like just wiping them out. So I think Elon, while he might have good intentions behind his statement is so far off base. He's not even funny. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes, it makes good enough sense for me to, I, I, I kind of like it when you, he, this guy puts his tinfoil hat on. It's, I kind of like it. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not mad about it, but you know what? I'm also not mad about the fact that football season is here, baby. Hey, prize picks is the most fun I've had while winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you got to do is select two or more players, pick more or less like their projected stats and the place your entry. It's that easy, guys. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you guys have these skills, you can turn $10 into 250 with just like literally a few taps. It's it's literally that easy, guys. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Yes, I did not fare too well last night, but it's okay. I got a bunch coming up. What do we got? We got, I mean, guys, Sunday, it's coming. Here Season's America. open. It's open. We're wide open, baby. I'm excited. So go to pricepicks.com forward slash Rob and use code Rob for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com forward slash Rob. Use promo code Rob for a first deposit match up to $100. Put 100 bucks in there. They match that son of a gun. Why wouldn't you guys want to try it out? Daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you so much to Picks. You guys got to check them out. Very, very, very easy. Now, switching over to this, we got two months left in this counteroffensive. Apparently, is what the Ukrainian, uh, who's oh, this is the top DIA analyst, going out on a limb here, super jacked up, huh? They yeah, said a, DIA, they're kind of reversing their stance on the Ukrainian war right now and what Ukraine's going to be capable of. A la- little reversal, what, not what a big was one. It? Last, last week, right? Oh, my God, look at this. This is so crazy. Okay, I'm going to pull this up it's on It's like the it hurt us. Look at this. God, I want to Look at this, guys. If you don't think everything's listening to you. Oh, my God. That's look, creepy. Right there. Can you guys see this? I, what in the world? What in the world? They are definitely listening. That actually is kind of weird. That is creepy. That is really weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, they got. They said that we got two months left inside this counter offensive. Uh, last week we spoke about the fact that they were not. Eh, they were coming out stating that there's a pretty big possibility the Ukrainians were going to completely fail and flop mm-hmm. before they got to. Let's even talk, Mark. To be honest with you, yeah. they, they were like saying there's not nothing's going to happen. I will say. Uh, I, I think I have the map pulled up. I do have the map pulled up. I, do we want to roll into that? Or do you want to continue right there? No, here? keep going, and okay. we'll talk about because you know if you explain where the DIA, what the DIA is actually saying, and we go over the map, then it becomes a little bit more clear. 
So his analyst says in the interview, it's apparently an interview, um, Ukrainian forces have broken through Russia's heavily mined first-line defensive near the southern village of Robotain. Okay. And are attacking the second three belts. Their breakthrough on that second offensive belt is actually pretty considerable. Now, I'll show you guys here in a second. It's actually, I'm going to say three different areas on that area. I say the one south of Robotain and two towards mm, Verbov. Yeah, that's fair. Is that, that's yeah, fair. I would say two towards. They haven't broke through the one south of Rubatine, no, but, but yeah, 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 they're, they're close. There. It's it's they're on they're on. I, I think it's I think it's mind. by design though, personally. I, well, I I I well, I mean we're probably on the same page, but they need to have multiple fronts opened that are actually having some success, and then push through the south. They're, they're, there's no way they can just funnel through that area because which you, I mean you were going to bring it up anyway, but yeah. they're going to get absolutely pounded with the TRP uh, points going to be come up and yep. they're just going to do and I'm talking about artillery. I mean, if you you know what? Actually, I want you to put your your Matthew Tardio ten years ago hat on real quick and explain to the people because I'm going to bring up this mapping. Okay, I'm going to you know I'll bring up this map. I want to show them real quick. These two little areas is what I'm talking about. So, say you guys have this one right here. This is just north outside of Herbove. All right. So there's another one. You guys see these two small little pockets, and then this is the third one that is south of Robotain. Okay. Just well, I guess it's more south. Wow. Okay. Southeast. Southeast, but. Three different areas. You guys see these three little nuggets. Now, would you like to have a conversation with the people at home just real quick when I'm talking about TRP points and, sh- and I, keep, I keep saying TRP points, but TRPs mm-hmm. and, and how that is correlated with looking at how this map is kind of playing out somewhat real time, but I mean daily. Yeah. Yeah. Why not, man? Let me uh, let me drive for a second. You want to drive? All right. Yeah, let me drive. Go ahead and take the wheel. I'm going to hand you this here. That is going to be... There, go ahead and start All driving right. for the folks at home. Let's drive for a second. Remember, try to keep that son of a gun as centered on the screen as we can. So the I'm remember, still looking for uh, a cursor. Oh, well, the cursor, I promise you, is there it is. I saw it. I just saw it go across the blue ocean. Oh, it's down at the bottom. Oh, I see it now. There hey, okay. Right, yeah, folks at home are saying, hey, can you guys get a bigger cursor? Is there a way to actually do that? There is. That's a very good point, actually. Should I do that real quick? Yeah, we should Okay, pull let, let me see that. I mean, let me see if I can actually get this bigger cursor for you guys. Oh, right. wow. That's a lot better. Yeah, oh, look at that. Yeah, here we go. Now you guys now go. Now you got there. a cursor. There, there you go. guys go. Everybody was whining about the cursor. Now you got a cursor. All right. So what do you want me to do? You want me to bring up TRPs and how they actually work? The target well, reference points? What I was talking about is, 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 is why having multiple areas that they're opening up and why we think they're probably doing what they're doing outside of Herbov. They have those two pockets and one just south of it. Yeah. So Ukraine, Russia itself has limited artillery capabilities right now reported coming out of there. Like they're complaining they don't have enough shells. That's why they're going to the DPRK. Like yeah. Soldiers down there are reporting. It's widely known. In fact, Russia's running ammunition. We're going to talk a little bit later about Russian troops complaining on the front lines as little as having one rifle per five guys in some areas of this country. So what ends up happening is you have this huge front line that they have opened up. Now, Russia cannot take all of its guns and just continuously shell this entire line and waste ammunition, right? It doesn't make sense. they got to conserve it and use it when they need it. And the way they conserve that ammunition is they have different choke points. We talked about the choke points that Russia would need to set up yesterday. So we talked about the different choke points that they're going to have set up going through. And some of it's made by terrain and some of it's also made by, uh, you know, the defensive lines themselves that are sent into place. So Verbov, for example, we talked about two days ago, yesterday maybe, that Ukraine cannot just have this tiny little front pushing in because all Russia has to do is train its guns um, along this road. And when you look at like the most likely avenues of approach for them getting into that city where they're set up, this is it. This is what they have. They have this road coming in and everything else. So all they have to do is set up a TRP or a target reference point on here, and they can actually do it in several ways. They can do it with a point where they basically narrow down and say, okay, look, right where this road touches the edge of the village, we're going to train the gun on that. They're going to call it in. As soon as they cross that line, you can call in that TRP, and it goes. But the other thing they can do is call in a linear one. 
and they can set it up going this way, going north to south. They can set it up going east to west, you know, however you want to look at it. They can set up these linear points. And so when they call it in, they call it in as a linear target, and then they end up just basically blanketing this whole area yeah. going down and setting it up. So in order to keep them from doing that, you can't just have one tiny little route like they have right here. You have to have a much wider area across the front to kind of spread out the Russian fire in order for you to be able to penetrate. Kind of making a little bit more sense now? So if all we have is this little area, like narrow area of access for them to approach going down into Probope, they're going to get hammered all day long. As a matter of fact, yesterday, Ukraine tried to launch what I heard was two assaults on Probove, and each of them got repelled because of exactly that reason. They started going down, and there's have this narrow corridor to go in. They started going down. Russians called in the TRP. They, they artied the crap out of them, and it caused them to withdraw. Ukraine looked at its wounds, went back, tried to do it again. Same thing, they got hit. So the way they combat that is they open up a much wider front, like what they're attempting to do down here, either down here in the south or up here in the north. They open up a wider front where they can send more troops through, spread out that fire, and it improves their probability of not getting hit. Yes. Clearly. So that's how that works. There Now you guys have an understanding of what we said by TRPs and what the way we think they're doing in the northern portion of Rebove and a, possibly on that. And that's why we also talk about somewhere down there in the south. That's why we also talk about them keeping pressure over on the southern edge of Robotny and purposely not pushing past this front line. Because if they're able to do that and they keep them over here, if they launch a major assault coming down and through, then they can start, you know, keeping them away. But if by keeping them here, just engaged, they're just depleting munitions, depleting munitions, depleting munitions while they continue to work this line. So you open up multiple fronts, causes their guns to spread out, causes the pressure to stay on and not really get any rest. That's the plan. I believe if, if big if here, if Ukraine has the troops to do so is, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of men in the process of trying to open up multiple different fronts along a very heavily defended line. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to lose a lot of people like that is I've read and I haven't reported no it because none of it's confirmed anywhere between I've seen numbers of as low as 50 troops that Ukraine lost in Verbov all the way up to 2,500, if not I, more, that'd be, or I'm sorry, Robotny, not Verbov. Oh, okay. I, I, 50 seems a little low, but I mean, I'm not there. I would assume after all, everything I saw, they've had to lose a couple hundred men. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost more than that. And they're still, you know, I've still to this, this morning, even watching uh, this morning, watching a couple of the different feeds, I was able to see Russia still launching artillery on Robotny. That's so it's a problem for them. No, well, it could be a worse problem, I guess. Yeah. But what, the DIA is stating is that, you know, they're going to make some advancements and it's likely, okay, that they're going to break through the three lines of, of what they're looking at that are down here. And so you can take it and I didn't state specifically which line is which, but we have a line here, a line here and a line here. So here's three lines of defense for them to be able to make it through. Now, the DIA is stating that it's, that it's probable for them to break through those lines. And a lot of news agencies are blowing this up saying, hey, Ukraine's going to like crush Russia. Well, that's not really the case because if we zoom out and we look where that third line's at all the way down to here, that's where they'd have to make it through. So they've got to make it through all of this stuff. And they're saying maybe, maybe by the end of fall or but like when fall sets in and like bad weather starts coming, maybe they'll be right about here. It'd be kind of a big win if they're all the way down to there. That'd be a huge win. But first, I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to take Verbov, and then they're going to have to push both on the southern front from Robotny, pushing south, and they're going to also have to take Verbov and then start pushing back west by southwest in order to get to Tokmok. That's a lot of troops. That's a lot of terrain. You know, that's a, that's a pretty tall feat for them to take, especially because they're going to be fighting on multiple fronts in order to get that done. That's huge coordination. Remember you asked me about, like, whether or not Ukraine had the ability to do a coordinating effort 
Like if, if I would trust Ukraine to do a, a big coordinated effort, where is that? Like I, I would trust them on action and objectives, but not so much on a huge coordinated effort. This is what I'm talking about. I don't know if they are that well coordinated to be able to do that. Well, from what I, I mean, I've talked to quite a bit of men, by the way, we're gonna have some guys up on the, on the podcast here soon. Um, we've actually watched a little bit of his videos. He'll be, he's coming on. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, who's uh, he's, he's, um, I don't know if I could say his name or not, but I, I'll, I'll show you. I mean, he's he's a guy that I mean we've we've done videos with him. Are not just gonna be done videos. He's been a part of our videos. Uh, his name's Yuri. This gentleman right here. Um, he I don't like. Can I? Can I? Is it gonna show it? Yeah, he's this guy. Like he's coming on here. Nuck, okay. Nucking nucking futs. Nucking futs. Yuri and his buddy are both gonna be coming on at two different times. So that'll Beautiful. be good. That'll be good. Beautiful. Um. Anyway. That's pretty much what we got going on right there. Uh, we'll probably touch on this here in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now that in 2023, if you guys are still using the same old school belt, you guys are you guys are struggling. I got one sitting right here. I've been using. Come on now, come on. I've been I've been using these things for quite a long time. Actually, look, this is even a Guggen Squad one. So this right here, I'm going to go to this screen. Look, look, see that it says Guggen Squad right there. Yes, we this is a Groove Life belt. So this is actually kind of cool. So in 2023, if you guys are still using these belts, you guys are out of your mind. Or not these belts, but your normal, regular, just terrible belt. The Groove Life belt has proprietary webbings engineered with just the right amount of stretch. The Groove Life design is the world's most baddest belt buckle that snaps using this rare earth nidium. I don't think I said that correctly, but this right here, it's amazing. You guys see how easy that is? This is crazy. Look at that. That's it's it really is insane. Magnets, they say they, it's I would have never thought that a magnetic belt would stay together like this, but I, I intentionally had bought these originally myself for elk hunting because when I just got so tired of bend, bending over because look at the stretch and it just absolutely, my old belts like pinch my waist. It was driving because, you know, I got them fat. I got a little bit of love handles. Yeah. You know what I mean? I use it for concealed carry, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, because you can take it and you can clip it off to the side and then the buckle's not sticking out because you can side clip it because I appendix carry. Oh, yeah. There you, look at that. That makes a little bit more sense as well. That makes yeah. sense, okay. Well, anyway, whatever happens here at Groove Life Gear, they are here to help. They have a 94-year, no BS warranty. The Groove Belt is the last belt you guys will ever need, and the buckle includes what they like to call stiff tech. That's a fancy way of saying there's no annoying belt flap that needs to be tucked in. It's time to bring your belt into the 21st century. Head over to GrooveLife.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob for 20% off all Groove Life products. That is the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code Rob for 20% off your entire order. One last time for you guys. That's promo code Rob for 20% off your entire order. Go, go check them out. They'll be linked at the very top of the description. It's kind of cool that they are a sponsor of this episode and these videos because I've been using these belts for quite a long time time long enough to where we actually have our own custom Guggen ones so yeah here let me run through uh you run, oh you're going back over here yeah go back over the map real quick because i want to run through uh Klashivka because they did have uh some gains from what i've seen um it's going on Klashivka. Right it's there kinda, yeah i'm on it yeah you're on it yep okay i think yes you are yeah there's bakhmut there we go all right so Klashivka on the isw map it's showing that there has been no changes since yesterday however some of the reports that i've seen this morning actually indicate and, and show Ukrainian forces have advanced to the northern edge of the city and they've pushed uh, Russian forces out. We showed that video of the Russians yeah. retreating. And I was like, if that's real, that's going to be substantial. Well, it turns out it probably is real. And the Russians probably did get pushed out of the city. So UAF pushed north 
kick the Russians out. And UAF is up on the northern edge. And they also were somehow able to push the Russians out into the east as well. So they've pushed them completely out of the village. This map will probably update shortly, I suspect, if they're able to continue to hold that ground. That's pretty cool because once they do that, now they're going to, they, they have the movement to be able to push through and start hitting this next line of defense. Then they'll have to cross the creek to get over here to this MSR. That leads the main supply route, if you will, this highway. I can't read that from here. Can you read that? No, I, I, 0513, I think, is what it said. Yep, but that supply route that leads right into the central block. Now, if we were to really get ambitious, they would be E40. great if they could push even further east to go and take this route. <sighs> don't think they'll be able to do that. <sighs> I don't know, but the thing is that they can open up that front even better on that northern portion, create a little bit of... I mean, look, they've got the western side of Bakhmut, they got applied pressure in the northern to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Now they're applying in the southern portion. So yep. it, they are doing the same exact thing inside this area, but having limited to... I mean, think, remember how long this area took the Wagner forces to take? Mm-hmm. And the Wagner, I, I'm not going to say they're better outfitted than the Ukrainians are, but they're like... They were, they were quote unquote, going to be... They were, they were what Russia used to take cities. Like, and now think about this. They don't have the Wagner forces. So that, I mean, that's pretty big, but I know that, I mean, we're talking about holding off defensively held positions inside of a city. It's I don't really, think they have the troops to commit to it right now in order to like launch an assault on Bakhmut. Too, they don't, too much. Don't, but they can continue they, to use shaping operations and work these little it, nudges all the way around. They, I mean, it. if they go around it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. They can go around it and do a lot more. I think it'd be a lot more beneficial for the Ukrainian military to go around Bakhmut and to try to cut off all the supply routes than to Starve actually, yeah, than to actually go after the city. Yeah. That does not make any sense that's just me though i mean i'm not i'm not a military professional by any means but that's probably what i would do i'm with you i think they should cut them off and just starve them out just cut them off starve them out if i mean they, if look at that line look it's at that huge. line right there so look at that line the russians have already stated or set up excuse me all the way back to all the, the east. way through there yeah, yeah like they've had all these months to do it so no matter what even if the ukrainians do take bakma which i don't i don't think they have um not not they do not have the capabilities to do it currently i think if they go and surround it they do but they still have to get through that line Right. No matter what, if they really want to do what their intentions are, which is push them all the way back to mm-hmm. pre twenty fourteen, it's they're gonna have to, they're gonna run into the same problems they're running into right now in the south, right there. Yep. And actually, I would venture out to say that these on the Russian, the actual Russian border, are going to be much more defended. I, I, I maybe that's a, ter- a terrible way to put it because it's easier to get resources into these areas mm-hmm. than it would be down in Crimea. Very much so. So I, that's just me. And because they, I mean, hell, they've been here. For, look at the, the the far far right, that black line. That's pretty much 2014 in in post. So I don't know. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So I, all those areas, like Luhansk and Donetsk, all that those those two major hubs. Those are eh, they're gonna have the ability to to, to shove out, say, I don't know, dragon's teeth or yeah, it's like, gonna it's gonna take a long thing, time. Thing, like thing that's it, they're gonna look at that line. Yeah, it's even, significant. It's crazy. So yeah, up outside of Kupiansk. What do you have in Kupiansk? Up outside of Kupiansk, it looks like Russian forces are currently regrouping and reorganizing. Okay. That's it. That's what they have. Uh, I read that they're supposed to be moving in some of their airborne troops, which I'm not sure how they plan on doing because they committed most of their airbornes. Yeah, down I can see south. all the way down in the south. Yeah. But supposedly they're moving in more airborne troops to launch an assault on Kupiansk and are claiming that uh, that ought to be happening sometime. Well, not Russia itself, but the mill bloggers went on are claiming that it, probably by this fall, they're going to be able to, to start launching a major offensive. And so they're waiting on that. And I actually have a couple of videos of civilians and stuff outside of Kupiansk for uh, the people today. Now, yesterday you had asked about, uh, yesterday you had asked 
why or how heavily mined this area is down here in the south? You mm-hmm. want to show them that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do because that. it's. I got, uh, I got this under control. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I got this one under control. So we're gonna be. We're going to be gandering at some video footage that's going to be coming out of this southern portion of the country. Now, I'm going to go ahead and sh- I guess I don't need to show that map because we just went through there. Now, this is going to be of AT mines. Uh, wow, look, even my little, my, this is even big and pink. I kind of like it. All right, so here we go. So this is going to be in the southern portion of the country. This is going to be between Verbove and, not, excuse me, not Verbove, but. Um, Rabonia. Rabonia. Somewhere, somewhere in this This is area. supposedly on that line between Rabonia and Verbove. So. I know it is a little bit grainy, but we're looking at heavily vegetated area, which I mean, they just literally threw these mines down on top and then everything just grew around them. Look at them. You guys can see the little brown discs in there. I'm not saying they're not very little. They're pretty large. The this, AT mines? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's pretty big. You're looking um, about there's 25 pounds of uh, explosives. There you guys go. 25 pounds chilling there. And it's, I mean, if a human steps on them, I don't believe that's going to do very much, but. No, a human it, steps on them. No, those take between anything. three to five hundred pounds of pressure to set off if they had like the pressure on top. But I believe that was a magnetic fuse that they have on top of those. Oh, okay. So I can't see in here, but you guys get the understanding. They pretty much even the ro- even the areas outside of the roadways, which you guys see, they were just walking on a road. There's another. Actually, that's not that's an a, not a, that's not AT mine. That looked like a uh, like a personnel. It is, isn't it? Yep. I believe that's an AP mine. That, that's exactly that. What that looks like. So you guys see, they have tank mines and they have personnel mines stacked on the outer edges of the roads now you can have an understanding of why it's still so difficult for the ukrainians to push quick through these areas which i'm and looking it, at right and just here. in that one little tiny area he counted i want to say it was like 14 or 15 mines down in that one little tiny area and so, you, you picture those choke points that they're gonna be going through the roads all that crap the amount of freaking mines are gonna be laid out there it's insane it's a lot so it's a lot so that's why that's what's holding ukraine up pretty pretty bad well, we got also, we have some intercepted phone calls uh, that's showing that Russians are very angry at the losses. And I can go through some of these guys. And I'm, I'm just going to go quick through them. Do me a favor, man. Can you substitute the F-bombs for MEST? I will, yes. Yeah, so there's I appreciate a lot that. Of, there's, there's a lot of F-bombs. A lot of F-bombs man. inside of here. So uh, if you read the literature, it's 1942. You know, by the way, these are intercepted calls the Ukrainians have for Russians. I'm going to read the, uh, the transcripts, I guess you would say. That is, they are messing us up. Not us messing them up. They are messing us up. And by the way, I'm, I'm changing some verbiage here. We're like beggars. It's like 1941, one rifle between five soldiers. Nothing has changed. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing has changed at all. There's no messing. Ammunition that doesn't make any sense. There's no ammunition. Nothing. But he said the <laughs> F word. Uh, but they... But, but they tell Can you us say effing? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they tell us to effing go and fight. What the F should we use? Shall we use our fingers as bayonets? Yeah, see, that doesn't sound too pleasant, but it does continue to go on. I do want to show this photo though. Look at this. Look at this guy right here. Look at this guy. How old is that man? I like, that guy's gotta be in his fifties. He 50s, looks like right? he's been smoking marble red since he was fifteen. Yeah, literally, that guy has been smoking red since Laying since, in the sun and smoking marble red. That's, that's it. That is his life. To. That dude's right skin there. is made of leather. God, Dear God. See, I look at these guys and I see this back here. Did he get, does he on like a shaving profile? They just don't shave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, just, I don't know. I Probably just gets razor bumps. Oh God. So here, I'll keep on going with this thing. So we have, um, that's it. There's no second town left. They are, they are effing turned into crumbs. 
the line, this is the people out of line in front. Well, I was watching the news. They were showing the front line. It's effing terrifying. Basically, they couldn't even retrieve the cargo, which apparently 300s, which I found out 300s and became 200s. So 300s is wounded. 200s is KA. So there you guys have an understanding. So basically, they're saying they cannot retrieve their wounded inside of certain areas, then end up dying. They're bringing 400 people in there, talking about 200s, which is 400 dead people. Uh, on the Russian side of things. That's not all of them either. Uh, I'm telling you, that's not all of them. So this is not looking to be too too pleasant inside this area. Have you, what does this say right here? Have you had a lot of deaths? Have you had a lot of deaths? Uh, there's loads of them. They are torn apart. They're lying there. They can't even collect some of them. They're already rotten, eaten by worms. The lady says, really? Just imagine they were thrown up on the front line with no equipment, nothing. Even wives and mothers recorded a video appeal to Putin and Shogu. They asked what the hell is going on. They sent them with machine guns with four magazines against artillery. Yeah, this is this really does scream World War II all over again. F knows why this has happened. Our army commander is a complete idiot. He gets reports of heavy losses and he suspends those who report so that the information doesn't reach Putin. Everything is covered up for F's sake. Everything is hidden. They do not want the information to get to Putin. Everyone is scared. Those who try to report immediately suspend and sent uh, to the front line. And they said the mobiles, as in the mobilized men, to the front, even though Putin said that they wouldn't send any of them. And then in the end, the generals do not care. They're earning their stars. They don't give any rat's rear end about the people. Even all of you guys will die. And last but not least, here we go. The guys got effed up yesterday. The whole ninth company was turned into rubbish. That's 72 people. There's only 17 guys left out of that, that entire group just yesterday alone. That's... That's F Dumpy says, but what's on the news? I listened to it today. They say everything is effing great, but the guys are still being killed. They can't even pick up 62 people from the effing battlefield because they won't let us. Wow. Yeah. And those are intercepted cell phone calls to family members from Russian soldiers that are complaining. And all those came out of that. I want to say it was the Lyman area, right? Yeah. Where those ended up coming out of. And I hope I hope that was somewhat. Did, did I read that okay? Was it somewhat? No, easy I to, think it was great. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. A little easy to track there. Um, I'll go ahead and refresh this real quick for you guys. At least one dead and 70 more injured in a missile strike inside of Kirby Ra. That happened 51 minutes ago. So we're doing this live pretty much, as you guys know. Russia shoots down a Ukrainian drone over Bryansk. Uh, voting is underway inside of Russian-controlled areas today. Yay. We already know how that's going to pan Russia out. Russia actually canceled some of the voting in some of those areas as well. Oh, did they? Yeah, they okay, did well. because they were under threat of attack. So Shocker. I mean, Shocker. it sounds like something we saw in Iraq all the time. First batch of Leopard 1 tanks are now arriving inside of Ukraine. This is coming from Denmark. They're getting 10, which, do you know where the Abrams are? The Abrams are on their way. Last I read was they're still on their way over there. Now, the troops that were training on the Abrams were training on them over in Germany, and apparently they're holding on to them until the tanks arrive in the country. That way they can stay fresh. Stay fresh. Okay. So Lithuania is going to be announcing 4.5 million more rounds of ammunition is going to be going to Ukraine, and it's not just AK rounds and stuff like that, which they're going to be getting some of that. They're getting some M113 uh, AP rounds, and then they got 70, they got, uh, excuse me, L-70 anti-aircraft rounds and some MI-8 helicopter ammunition. So good for them for getting that. Uh, let's see, Chinese opera singer, I don't know why that even made the news, why that's even the thing. Singing in Mariupol's theater, very strange. Uh, Russia says Air France shot down some more Ukrainian drones over Belgorod. So uh, what's this right here? It's mid-afternoon. So okay, moving on from this one. So yeah, you want to see something interesting? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't so, want to see it interesting. 
Ukraine is currently, well, it's got two things coming on. So we talked about how Russians are kind of messed up when it comes to troop numbers and as far as like casualties and equipment and everything else goes. So where's Ukraine sitting on that front? Like how is Ukraine doing as far as recruitment and personnel goes? Because Ukraine supposedly has a bunch of people in reserve. Well, Ukraine now just changed it. Uh, We talked about their medical exemptions. They changed the medical exemptions for them. Ukraine is now sending out extradition requests over to the EU to kick some of their people back. This is one guy that's actually complaining about it. Um, that he actually received a request to come back in. Let that sucker oh, roll, baby. Oh, God. And, and, and uh, here's is, the thing. Is it going to be in English or no? Uh, uh, no, it's it's down on the bottom, though. Okay, so friends and... Sh- so you want me to read it just kind of scoot yeah. through? Okay. Friends in short, time for bad news. I don't know what to do, he says F. In short, I just received this letter. Here it is. It is my photo. Okay, there's a... Okay, that looks pretty official. Uh, he says, I translated it. It says that Ukraine has sent a request... According to Ukrainian authorities, I entered the territory of European Union illegally. Although I was traveling legally, I entered legally. Uh, I didn't buy any certificates here. I told you how I left. And it says here I have, uh, I have to leave European Union within two weeks. That's it. Otherwise, I'll be forcibly exiled to the territory of Ukraine. I don't even know what to do. Maybe you could tell me in the comments because I think it's absolute nonsense. It is illegal on part of the European Union to expel a person to a place with a war. Moreover, there I face long-term imprisonment on the territory of Ukraine. So... This actually makes me, I mean, this makes me a little irritated. To be truthful. Uh, well, this, what, this one actually makes me a little bit irritated. You know why this makes me a little bit irritated? Because the dude's wearing Oakley glasses, living his best life while his country's under attack. And yes, he's, this guy's he's a upset coward. about it. This, yeah, guy's, a, a, this guy's an absolute, this guy's a coward. So to, to be truthful, this guy's a coward. And this, this right here, that this, this gentleman right here with his Oakley sunglasses sitting in a hotel room or somewhere, I don't know why he's wearing sunglasses inside, trying to look cool. Th- this makes me a little bit irritated. For one, we're spending all this money and this guy right here, this coward, is trying to find a way out of the war. He should be fighting. I mean, he's clearly well younger than I am. He's, I mean, he's got to be in his lower 20s, right? Yeah. You would think so. Lower 20s, he should be fighting in this war. But no, he's being a coward trying to find a way out of the war. That right there is like a terrible look. I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, it's supposed to be, I want to say it was up to like 40,000 people Ukraine's looking at getting back. I want to say it was like 40,000. They should. Like, yep. I, I mean, seriously, they should. So Ukrainian women, because of cowards like that, because of cowards like that, that fled to another you know country, Ukrainian women now by October 1st are being required to register for, I want to say the, the draft, if you will. And it's not all oh, Ukrainian wow. women. It's not all Ukrainian women. It's ones with like medical experience. So they're looking at like nurses, doctors, pharmacists, people like that, yeah. that they need on the front line. So now they're telling Ukrainian women, like, hey, we're short. You had till October 1st or come October 1st, you need to register. Said so if we need you, we can call you up. If you have any of those. Yeah. So Ukraine's to the point now where they're calling upon women to come back, like calling upon women. If they, if they have one of these key skills to come up and register to help out and they're going out to the EU and saying, extradite these people and kick them back to the country. People that are getting notices now. Well, there's no quick fix to anxiety and depression. It's not finding a new therapist and or starting a new exercise routine, not more or regular meditation or a better diet. Sometimes you need something to unlock your brain, a new way of thinking and seeing the world. Maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy by MindBloom. But there's a new tool to improve your mental health at home ketamine therapy. MindBloom is a leader in at home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome anxiety and depression. Okay. Unlike traditional 
talk therapy. Ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six sessions program when you guys sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob100. You guys get $100 off your first six sessions when you guys sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash Rob and use promo code Rob100. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mind Bloom. We link to the very top description. So thank you so much to them for sponsoring this episode. Yesterday out of uh, Kupiansk, we said that there was people that were just waiting for the Russians to show back up. and called them like the long waiters or whatever it was. Oh, this God. guy, this guy is like a, a little blogger and he goes out and he, he talks to people and he found this old Russian guy and, uh, or I'm sorry, old Ukrainian. Right, but he's, that wants to be Russian. He's clearly pro-Russian. Okay, he's clearly pro-Russian. Go ahead, let it roll. This is him and Kubians. How's the local population? The local population is probably more than sixty percent of the pop you, the population. I think he's taking is Russian, right? Is that yeah. what he's talking about. Okay, for what? For Russia? Seriously, seriously, don't record me because everyone knows me. I bought electricity. I did everything. I've been living here since nineteen eighty. What he actually says is he's an electrician. Oh, okay. So this, he's the, he knows the, the people because he's the electrician. Okay, so 1984. He's been living there since 1984. Well, what was going on in 1984? Yeah, it was, he was straight up like it was real deal communism, yeah. like real deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean pretty but much. The same, what he's but, saying is that 60 percent of the population in Kubiansk is for Russia. That's what this guy's saying. Do I believe that? I don't know. Do you believe that? Well, the SPU does I, go. SPU is going around and rounding people up. Well, They're pro-Russian, so that's why that guy's saying, don't show my face. And then he did it anyways. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> don't show my face. That guy's rounded up. All right, up. guys, look here. Probably we by the time we're talking about this video. Yeah. the Russians. Look at him. Yeah, that uh, guy's probably rounded up now. But uh, he yeah. was stupid for, for saying that in the first place on there. This guy, this is... uh a Russian police officer, huh? Yeah. So he was in jail for murder, got released by Putin. But listen to his testimony about what he did. And this is why people, and when I talked earlier about why Ukraine's not going to stand for this crap and not going to allow Russia, like Elon's out of his mind if he thinks it's actually going to cause peace. Listen to what this guy did. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just read it because it's, it's probably going to be awkward anyway. He goes on to states, Who gave such an order that two grenades in the window and two grenades in the entrance door and then go and finish them off? Prigozhin himself. And he says that Prigozhin, yes, that was him that did it. And what happened after you were given this command and sent to mop up the village and shoot from the drone? What happened to the village? The mop up I did, so I killed a lot of people, yes. And how many elderly adults and children were killed? We reached this five-story building. Like, well, we killed at least 40 people. Yeah, so the guy ends up killing 40 men, women, and children all inside of the building, reportedly unarmed. Just mass murder. That's why Ukrainians aren't going to deal with it. That's exactly why. No, I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that one bit. Now, what's, what's going on with there? Uh, oh, that's one that you probably don't want to show. Oh, but you don't want to show. Okay. Yeah, it's like a guided missile place is taken out um, over outside of Bakhmut, so they ended up destroying a bunch of guided missiles, uh, Russian okay. guided missiles so we, outside their big factory. Could, I already know what this or, is. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Part. I know what this is. Armor piercing, yeah. fin stabilized, discarding Sabo. Now, part of the package of the Abrams tanks that we're sending over to Ukraine is depleted uranium ammunition. And when people hear that, they're like, oh my God, that's really, really bad. And truthfully, it kind of is. Excuse me. Do, you want, do we want to play this right now while you're talking? Yeah, you can, you can play the video a little bit. Mute that sucker. The, there you but go. But this, this explains, like, you know, when people think of, like, AT ammunition, like, coming out of a tank, it's actually just one giant dart that the tank ends up send, sending out at, yeah. like, over 5,000 feet per second. Well, I mean, it's pushed by this cone screaming. right here. So this cone, right? Yeah, it's screaming. So this video is going to show them. It goes off, shoots out, 
fins kind of like, or those break away. And then you just have this big yeah. chunk of metal flying through as it goes through the air. Now, the crazy part is the U.S. says supply de- depleted uranium ammunition. Uh, I want to say it was the U.K. has already supplied DU ammunition to Ukraine with their Challenger 2 tanks that mm-hmm. they sent over. And now the U.S. is sending them. So the deal is, is that the reason they use depleted uranium is extremely hmm. dense metal that allows it to punch through. And that tip that they have on there is like a steel tip or tungsten tip, something like that. But the DU itself is extremely, extremely dense. Now, Russia's kind of throwing shade at America and the UK and Ukraine for using this ammunition inside of there because they say it's extremely toxic, which they're not wrong. Like even on US military installations where the tanks are shooting DU ammunition, like in the States, like there was a place that, uh, hell on Fort Carson where I was at where DU ammunition had been shot and you're not allowed to go in there because it's potentially harmful to human health, right? So we know it's harmful to human health and we're shooting it anyways. But anyways, they're, they're all pissed off because we're sending DU ammunition over there. But what it's going to do is it's going to help knock out tanks. Help That's quicker. not even, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I mean, you get it. Like we have stuff and they're, they're, they didn't allow you to go in there. Not because it was going to kill you, but I mean, they got to, they need you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a completely different scenario. We're talking about training compared to training versus combat real life. And like totally get, yeah, but training I, versus combat. I don't care. Send totally as many, get. send them all. Yeah. Send all. Shoot, well, shoot, send them all. And well, people are talking about like, well, the U S military is just getting rid of its old stockpiles of stuff. And I think in the case of DU, I don't know if that's ammo, case. You think it that's is. The, yeah, it is. So it is. yeah. Um, if you go back, did oh, you close that tab already? Yeah, I did. So what's really cool is the uh, U.S. military actually has a new tank round that they're going oh, to be using. Well, I didn't know that. That's, that's going to be replacing that DU ammunition. Who cares? It's like an all-purpose one. Yeah, send them up. Just make sure that our stockpiles are good in the event that we have to go in there. doesn't really matter. <laughs> if you didn't know, depleted uranium ammunition, it's not something special that just you know causes mass destruction. It's just giant. It's a giant hard dart that's launched at five times the speed of sound. Big-ass dart. Why? Why is everybody talking about Iraq right now? Why is this trend? Why is this trending? Hmm, I, I don't know anything about Iraq being trending right now. No, it is. It's actually trending right now. Why is Iraq trending? Well, oh, maybe soccer. Maybe Iraq did something in soccer, but I'm not. I'm not going to be looking at it anymore. Well, I feel good about my life. I feel good. I think you did big things here. Thanks. I think, man. I think you did I really big that. things. I'm, I'm, I hope everybody had a fantastic day. I can't wait to see you guys here probably on Monday. So thanks for hanging yeah. out with us. I will. Uh, I will see you guys here in a couple of days. Thank you. I'm out.